I'm your host, Deanna Costa, here to bring you on an auditory exploration of our online independent magazine. This week, I am joined by our editor-in-chief, Bill Marks, as well as former co-host and current contributor, Matt Hansen. Bill, Matt, and I sat down over Zoom a couple weeks ago to discuss articles that have been in the magazine recently, including one about the playwright Samuel Beckett, and just sort of a general update on Boston theater, as Bill is our in-house expert. And last but not leastly, we discussed the ongoing Winter Appeal the magazine is uh, working on right now. We're hoping to gain donations to keep us going for years and years to come, and we appreciate anyone who has been able to donate or is planning to. It's been a crazy year for absolutely everybody, so if um, you have it in you to give us a little bit of your hard-earned money, we really can't tell you how much it means to us. But if you can't um, give us anything, you know what? We still love you anyway. And that is why Bill has decided to take our old live in-person concert and turn it into a virtual show. That's right, folks. You can enjoy the musical from the comfort of your own homes this year. You can tune in uh, to the link that will be in the episode summary this week. And it will be on live on December 4th. That's a Friday at 7 p.m. If you are able to make it to the live premiere of the musical, then hopefully you will see me and Bill and Matt and many other Fuse writers that you know and love in the Zoom room that will be right after the show. So you can come and talk to us, ask us any questions that you may like. Bill will be guiding a panel of Fuse writers. Should be a great evening for all. listening to you two in like the the warehouse um speaker somewhere and looking at the cold irish rain and just contemplating his life choices to date (laughs) i am so feeling that man i am so feeling that Uh, well how are you doing matt our dispatches from new orleans that hopefully will record successfully this time Sure, sure, sure. That last conversation was wonderful. Um, I, I miss know. you both. Um, and I wish to God we could do another marathon stint at the Indo. That was yeah, like the stuff yeah. of legend. We got the Jerry Peary stamp of approval. I mean, that's so got to mean something, mean right? And that, that, is, that is difficult to get, let me tell right, you. Right. I, I, I suffered uh, for quite some time without the, <laughs> the approval of the GP. And now we are bosom friends. And that's I'm awesome. highly, you, are, you are my one success story, according to a GP. Oh, wow. So. Look at that. Really? Look at that, Matt. Look at you. I'm the one success story? You're the well, you're what the you, biggest success story of the fuse. So oh, okay, okay. Crushing it. Yeah. yeah, I definitely do miss you guys. I can't believe that um it's been like a year already since you both moved. I don't know, I know. how that went. But um for for this show, I was really thinking of half catching up with you and Matt and reveling as we did, and then half uh, talking about the musical and 
all of the plans there and the winter appeal and maybe anything that Matt's done recently or anything you've done recently, anything anybody would like to throw in just for fun. Um, but if you want, I can like chop out the whole beginning part. <laughs> that can just be casual intro, uh, green room conversation. <laughs> yeah. Let your conscience be your guide on that. Okay. You know? <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever. If you need some of the material, you know, earlier on, then throw it in. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, have do, it, do what you feel. Right. I don't know, Matt. Are you hip to the musical? Are you aware of the happenings? So I was, yes, I am hip to it in the sense that I remember you guys talking about it. I remember it being a thing that we were going to do. I don't remember. I forgot the specifics. It's what we going to be on. Friday, December 4th. Yes, yep. it's going to be approximately an hour long, maybe a little bit longer. It's going to okay. involve music, testimonials to the Arts Fuse. Uh, Dina will be the host, and yep. it will be a, an appeal for the uh, you know for the Arts Fuse. Right now, we have three musical three musical acts. They're all really good. Yep. They're all about ten to fifteen minutes, so that's about forty five minutes of music, and that's okay. approximately fifteen minutes for hosting and for the the testimonials. the testimonials. I do have some help with it because we're having the students at BU, the group, and they've been really helpful. They're awesome. To help, put this, yeah. to help put this together. They've been great. But, uh, you know, I just thought, how many acts are we going to have and how much, you know, how much of a script do we need to write and how much patience can we assume on the part of people to sit and listen? Right. So I just thought an hour, you know, this is also something I'd like to post on the page of the magazine. We're also going to have a Facebook page uh, for the appeal. And so I can post that on the Facebook page for people to listen yeah. to the music. Um, so I didn't want to make it too long. I, I'd rather, as I mentioned to the BU group today, I'd rather leave them wanting more rather yeah. than leave them wanting less. Yep. What, what time in the day, Eastern time? I believe it's going to be at seven, but I we think can so, check yeah. on that. I think so. Okay. Um, Musical number three, December 4th at seven. I always have to do Eastern Standard Time because I'm pretty <laughs> stupid and I'm always like, oh, what? Oh, I missed the damn thing. I'll be posting on Facebook. We've got an Instagram page, which is now active. And uh, yeah. Yep. I think Matt participated Twitter. in the Instagram page. That I, I did, did last yeah. Last weekend, this past one, I did it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I got to like log in. I don't even know what Instagram, uh, like <laughs> Twitter is enough for me at this point. I agree. And like Instagram <laughs> is like, what in the hay are those... <laughs> crazy whippersnappers yeah it's like the scooby gang is like uh, opened up this new haunted house and like i can't even begin to comprehend what the fuck all that's about having a panel at the end on in a, you know after the end of the fusical and just having some arts fuse writers there to answer questions talk about the oh, magazine okay. maybe talk about what we should cover what we're not covering what we can do you know what the future of the arts fuse will be and I, I'll host it, and we're just thinking about trying to get some critics together. And who knows? We might get some calls. We might get people wanting to come in. We might we may get none. So, um, but it'd be good to have some people there to field questions. So, yeah, well, I assume you might be. Hopefully, you'll be able to make it. Absolutely. Uh, that's the same day, or? Yep. Yeah, so I think what we're gonna do yeah, is since everything's pre-recorded, they're going to do a YouTube live, I believe, where they like have a live streaming of the pre-recorded um like award show or well it was supposed to be award show now i guess it's just a concert it's it's, uh, right now it's just a concert. concert um so 
we're gonna like have the live stream YouTube and then we will also simultaneously have a Zoom room like right after. And then okay. the, the panel would take place inside the Zoom room and hopefully we would get people to hop from the YouTube to the Zoom. Got they can that. call <laughs> in with recommendations, what should yeah. we cover? They can call in with complaints, off with his head. You know, <laughs> that could be I'm, fun. <laughs> I'm always ready for that. You know, you need a new Hate editor. Mail. Get rid of that editor. Get a new editor. You know, and I, I, you know, I agree with you. I'll just say I agree. You, you have the job. Vermi sum. Vermi sum. Um. Okay, that's perfect. I'm more than happy to be a part of it. Absolutely. Anything I can do. Awesome. Um, I think it will be a great um, addition. Yeah. Who else would be on the panel? That's a good question. That's a good it's question. Me, I'll, I'll look around you, and see who else we can. We'll see who else we can get. Okay. I mean, we just came up with the idea. We just, we just came out with the idea tonight. We sort of came up with the idea of the critics yeah. panel. We originally yeah. were going to have the artists hang out at the at the end, you know, and you could ask the artist questions. But yeah. I felt that they were volunteering their their music and their time, so I didn't feel comfortable demanding they be there for a Zoom right. conversation at the end. So right. the idea, so they may, if they want to participate. In other words, if the musicians want to be, if Ryan Lee wants to be there to answer questions, that would be great. But just as a backup, I said, okay, let's have some Hughes critics, writers, be there to answer questions. Hopefully, we'll get two or three other people. Tim Jackson will probably want to do it. I was just thinking, I, mean, I hope Tim does it. He's, he's <laughs> I really a, like guys are wealth of stories. I love Tim. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Tim's yeah. the man. Yeah. So we'll get Tim. We'll get a few other people, and that'll be fine. And we'll probably make it like thirty minutes, or you know what I mean. We'll have a certain time limit. Yeah, so that won't go good. on forever. And, you know, and then we can always say at the end, if you have any other questions or concerns, whatever, you can email the magazine and we'd be happy to, to get back to you. So. Perfect. That's the plan. I think actually the these, these kids are keeping the ship afloat. I really think it's all the, coming together very smoothly. The kids smoothly. are good. I also think yeah. I made the decision. I mean, the fusicals, the earlier fusicals were magnificent. I'm not sure what to call them, but they were magnificent <laughs> somethings, you know. I mean, Matt touched, Matt reminded me of the guy who forgot his harmonica. I'd forgotten that. I mean, if I, if I, it would take hours to detail all, everything that went wrong at the fusicals, right? From Oh, God. I, I'm sad I just missed it by like a year. I, I mean, the, the fusicals were really amazing. And a lot of people went to them and really enjoyed them, but they were an enormous yeah. amount of work. They, they cost yeah. an enormous amount of money. And they right. really didn't, they didn't really raise any money, honestly. Right. Like in the thousands or like a couple hundred or whatever? Oh, it, it ended up being in the thousands because we were, we were like, we had food. And right. so we're yeah. bringing in food, we're bringing in beer and right. we, we, and you need to pay someone to serve the food. You got to get a food license. You got to get a yeah. liquor license. Yeah. You got to pay a bartender to be able to serve the booze. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, and you also I mean, the people home. are coming to perform. Some people wanted to be paid. I have had Jimmy Tingle come in, like for the second. Yeah. Piece of, he was really good, but he insisted on being paid, and I understood that, so I had to pay yeah. him. So when you went right. through all the work and all the, you know, all the sweat, blood, and tears, and whatever material, duck material, could be drawn out of me and Becky, it was just, it was just too crazy. I mean, it, yeah. we couldn't yeah, do it again. Totally. Was just, it would just exhaust me, and I was not making any money. So I figured, yeah. we, first I was going to do a virtual fusical, meaning we're going to have awards, 
and entertainment, you know, and music. But then right. it just became too, it, it was just, I mean, Matt, it was just going to be too much work. Yeah, I mean, I think like the BU people um, are going to be great too because they want to like put on their resume and it's, yeah. you know, it, it's a nice booster and they're more tech savvy than the rest of us. You know, they were very sweet uh, when we did the interview about Joe Rogan. Oh, was that um, your, um, was that your Instagram live? Yeah, it was about the piece I did about Joe Rogan, which I was, I was pleased um, that uh, resonated with them. And their questions were good and, you know, um, they were very supportive. In lieu of a musical guest this week, I decided to give you guys a sneak peek preview of the musical. So this is the opening statements and a little bit of a taste of Bill's message to the folks at home. My name is Deanna Costa. I'm the host and producer of the Arts Fuse podcast, The Short Fuse. I'll be co-hosting tonight's virtual concert alongside our editor-in-chief, Bill Marks. With the help of generous musicians and writers, as well as a fantastic group of BU students, we've put together this show as a benefit for our winter appeal. Bill, tell the folks at home a little about yourself, the Fuse, and the impact that donations have on our magazine. I started up the Arts Fuse 14 years ago because I saw that independent, high-quality coverage of the arts and the greater media was vanishing in Boston and beyond. Since then, over 60 critics have contributed over 6,000 reviews, commentaries, and features. They cover music, the performing arts, books, film, theater, and television. We often go where other arts publications fear to tread, online and off. And we're doing our best through our mentorship program to nurture a diversity of young critics. Anybody would, would be curious to hear this? Little... <laughs> you probably figured that you couldn't be talking about the arts views if you're talking about class and ass. So honestly, I feel like the arts views is the synthesis, the Hegelian the much needed Hegelian synthesis of class and ass. I'd argue uh, like you're, I'd argue. You're, the you're the only one, but bless you, right. my son. Bless I will you. do it. I think we need more class and more ass. I'm not even kidding. Um, That's, well, actually, you know what? Bill did um, publish my article about Doja Cat, and that did have a bit of ass in it. So mm. we, we are, I guess I am single-handedly assing up the fuse. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> That's what my generation can contribute. <laughs> I also love that, that I'm single-handedly assing, so it's like, <laughs> right it's kind of raised the roof yeah. but it's also like maybe the butt is in the hand and yeah kind of... that was that was the gesture my italian self felt was right oh that perfect was, that okay. was it yep we can talk about the beckett piece if you're interested we can talk about some of that sammy great. beckett vibe every time yeah. i uh i check out the fuse i learn something new because i 
I'm not much of a, uh, I guess, like a novel reader. I'm more of like a article or history reader. And I'm not much of a theater buff either. So <laughs> I'm like learning all the time with the fuse. It's, yeah, Bill's your dude. Yeah, for that. absolutely. Bill, I also wanted to ask you while I have you um, like on the recording for the podcast, how I guess like the the Boston theater scene has been doing because that's something I'm definitely not like in touch with at all and have no idea how COVID has affected it. And I haven't really like talked about it at all in the show because I don't think I've had any like theater people on in a while. So that's like a very random thought, but I don't know how things have been going for them. Well, I mean, I can answer from my perspective. I mean, I don't, I haven't been in contact with a lot of people, you know, just maybe it'd be worth doing an article. It'd be interesting to, to call and talk to them. From what I can tell from what I'm getting from in terms of coming attractions, you know, shows that, pe that people are doing, I mean, I, I think it doesn't look very good. Right. Uh, you know, uh, and until the vaccine comes in and people feel comfortable congregating close together in small, closed or relatively small, closed places, um, then it's going to look pretty you know, very bad. Um, mm -hmm. It's particularly bad for theaters that have that own their own spaces or rent their own spaces like mm. the Lyric. So they've already they've got a landlord, they got to pay rent and they, they can't put in any shows. And most theaters do not have, uh, you know, an exorbitant or very much of a backstop in terms of, you know, money. Right. You know, they don't have a lot in the bank. Right. So for a lot of the smaller companies, this is sort of the end, but they can end because they don't, they're not paying, you know, they're, they're a group of, of people getting together, renting a space and then dispersing. But, you know, theaters like Speakeasy or the Lyric Stage uh, are, I find, would think are much more precarious because they're spending money to rent and uh, they have nothing to put in the space because they have no audience. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised at the lack of ingenuity or the lack of ambition to the extent that I, I don't know why more theaters like the Huntington and, and Speakeasy and the Commonwealth Shakespeare Company and so forth are not doing more virtual theater and exploring that form. In other words, just doing right. theater on Zoom or on Zoom-like, uh, you know, uh, facsimile. Right, uh, right. Essentially, they're doing a lot of like, they're having their actors talk about, this is how you act Shakespeare. They're doing a lot of um, education. Oh. At first, they were doing a lot of race, race material because of the Black Lives Matter. So it was like, you know, parading uh, you know, a lot of uh, Black performers, playwrights, and there's something wrong with that. But they, it wasn't shows. They weren't productions. They were talking about shows. Maybe they do a reading, but they actually weren't trying to stage something on Zoom, which I think is sort of an interesting form that you might as well experiment with since you've got it. Right. So I see a lack of ambition there. Yeah. Um, and my my biggest fear is that, you know, it's gonna be like the rest of the economy, that the rich are gonna get richer and the mm. poor are gonna disappear. Mm. Um Theaters like the ART are on the one hand, American Repertory Theater on the one hand, are asking for money. They're donate to the ART, help us survive. On the, but they are affiliated with Harvard University. They receive millions from the university. Um, and that's an entirely, they're an entirely different space, you know, I mean, in the future. They will be able to survive in a year if it takes before the vaccine kicks in. The right. ART will be there. Right. A lot of the other theaters simply do not have that amount of money. To um, to survive. So if I had my if if uh, Lucas was here, 
he and I would would join would link arms <laughs> yeah. in, in socialist solidarity. Yeah. And I think theaters like the Huntington and the ART and some of the larger foundations, instead of giving their money to the larger, more substantial companies that we know mm -hmm. are going to survive, that money should be flowing to smaller, medium-sized, and small companies so that they can survive. Absolutely. That's that's yeah. where it should where the resources should go. But what I'm afraid is that the bigger are going to survive and get bigger. Yep. And the smaller are not going to have the resources they need in order to survive and will not have the resources they need to begin again what, you right, know, once, right. uh, once the vaccine kicks in. So I think we're going to have a more, like culture itself, perhaps, and I'm, I'm only looking at the, the darker side. I'm not saying okay. this is fate. But my fear, and that doesn't mean it's a reality, my fear is that once we come to the other end of this, our culture will be, it will accelerate the sort of homogenization yeah. of the arts and culture. In the same way that cities across the country are beginning to look all the same, yep. the same brands, the same downtowns, the same, you know, the same gentrification happening everywhere. Well, that's going to be reflected in the arts themselves, where yep. the, the idiosyncratic and the small will be pushed aside, will be even more marginalized. Yep. And the more, the larger, more established with money and muscle will take, you know, will, will, will take, you know, will be more substantial and will thrive. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat afraid of. Yeah, I don't think it's an unrealistic fear, though, at all, because, I mean, I, I interviewed a, a rap historian from San Francisco in April that kind of echoed similar sentiments that she's been seeing in modern rap music and the kind of like shallow homogenous aspects of some of the the new sound and then just recently I interviewed a country singer songwriter that lives in Nashville and she was telling me how things are sounding shallow and homogenous in country music today <laughs> and so I think that you're definitely right that it's it's like a across the culture across the art forms and matt i don't know if you have anything to throw in what your theatrical uh awareness is <laughs> if you have any i have absolutely yeah problems. i rely on bill a lot <laughs> yeah it's all bill um yeah. it's it, it's just it sucks being in new orleans during this time period like I can't do any of the things that I enjoy doing when I have spare time. I mean, when you're talking about theater, like I was looking forward to, to participating in the Tennessee Williams Festival and going to check that out yeah. uh, this year. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a native son of New Orleans, but he's a native son of New Orleans. Um, right, Bill? You feel like that's that's fair? Yeah, no, it's it's fair enough. Yeah. So like, that's another one of those things I can't do. No live music. Right. Um, Right. And it's really weird. It's 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 extremely bad luck. Yeah. Um, there was uh, last year the Mardi Gras. There were two fatalities. Two people died. Really? Accidentally. Yeah. Woman uh, was running between the parade floats. I guess tripped and got squashed. And um, wow. so that happened. And then now they've canceled Mardi Gras for next year. Um, pretty much every crew that has a thing and parade floats has canceled it, all of which is totally reasonable, of course. Right. But, you know, so that's, that's not going to happen. Um, and it just, it's, it's, it sucks for the sense that, like, you're going to have the opportunity to, um, if you're going to do theater or anything like that, you, you have to be sitting with people, and there's just no way that's going to work, at least for the time being. 
you know? So everything, everything trickles down like that. I mean, maybe you could do it virtually, right? I mean, you could kind of maybe do virtual versions. I mean, you know, speaking of Beckett, I mean, he would be somebody that you could really do some interesting stuff COVID related with. I mean, in the sense of like, you only need a couple people for a lot of his plays, right? You only oh, need, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Kraft's last tape is a monologue, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that's one of the most powerful things I've ever read. That blew me away. Well, you do. And know, that's I mean, just I, one guy. I mean, the Bear, Bill Irwin show, which I think you're referring to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that we have a review in. I mean, that's a one-man show. And, yeah. uh, and so, uh, yeah, and I, I think Bill Irwin takes excerpts from a number, including some of the prose works of the 50s. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I will be seeing it. Um, the review made it sound really good. And Bill Irwin is just, you know, wonderful physical performer. Uh, so he's made for, made for Beckett. And he res really respects the silent film tradition, which Beckett was familiar with. So I think it's, uh, it's going to be really uh, terrific. And yeah, he's one, I think he refers to COVID in the production, in the review. Uh, uh, it's referred to, I think, that he talks about uh, Beckett and COVID and, you know, sheltering in place. And it makes perfect sense, you know, with, uh, with uh, Beckett's vision of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like with, um, with Beckett, it's all about cutting back, right? Parrot to the bone. No extraneous words, no extraneous anything, right? Spare sets, country road, um, a tree, that's it. And garbage so can, a garbage can for, for yeah, sheltering. Yeah, exactly. Shelter in that garbage can. And um, and so there's 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 a there's kind of a, a Beckett quality to the COVID uh, scenario, don't you think? It's this well, weird like, surreal yeah. feeling like you can't go outside, you're kind of stuck with your own thoughts, you're sort of, you know, information overloads causing people to kind of like feel a little out of their head. Also, uh, one of my teachers was saying when I was talking to him about uh, Beckett once about winning for Godot, he said that um, prisoners, when they do like prison theater uh, companies and stuff, they get waiting for Godot in a big way. It makes sense, you know, it's about standing around, waiting for something to happen that isn't going to happen, you know, the way you pass your time, the two guys who are kind of stuck together, you know, in a certain sense, um, they're kind of cellmates in their own little way. And so there's that sense where we're all kind of jammed into these small little, you know, spaces of our houses or our apartments or whatever. And, um, yeah, I see that. I, I see a, a, a parallel there. I definitely do too. And I think I may have found the line in, um, it was Steve Feeney's review. He said, the actor adds via a brief reference to the current pandemic that he doesn't enjoy despair. Instead, he finds it thrilling to go against it. What is the thrill here? Irwin celebrates the gaunt power of Beckett's words with their slippery pronouns and his tragonomic words to defy the chill of an empty stage and go on. Well, I hope I, I hope that was tragicomic. Tra oh, tragicomic, yeah. Okay, good. If it, if it, if it wasn't, I'd have to go and I'd have to edit that word immediately. Oh, no. You're doing this in my eyes. Well, that was the short of it. Thanks again for tuning in this week and every week. You will hear from us again in about two weeks. We'll have an interview coming to you 
with a fellow Arts Views contributor, Steve Provisor, and many, many more interviews to come over the course of this winter. We got a whole bunch of stuff lined up, so stick with us, and you will hear from us soon. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs>